This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Reaction Show, joining you every morning at 8am UK time, uh, when of course we do have a match the day before the transfer show will return, of course, as normal tomorrow. Um, But this morning, of course, we've got for you the usual uh, match reaction, Raw Reaction Show. So thank you everyone that's tuned in. Uh, Arsenal played their final official pre-season game yesterday with the Community Shield on Sunday, playing Monaco. They drew 1-1 in what was a relatively mediocre fixture. Um, Then you compare it to the 6-0 against Sevilla last season. Very, very different performance indeed. And uh, one that saw a massive amount of changes to the starting lineup from what we've seen over recent weeks. But one which brought with it some really interesting insights, but also some questions as well. Uh, good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Uh, Penny Ween, good morning to Paul. Good morning to Johnny, to Carl, to Olu, to Temi. Good morning to Chris, to A1. Uh, good morning to Alpha Dad, Matt G, A1. Uh, we've got Jose, we've got Barry, Richard, Julian, Errol, uh, Temi. Good morning to all of you guys and everybody else joining us live in the chat box as well. Thank you, everybody uh, that has indeed tuned in today. It means a hell of a lot, always, uh, that you do, and your support for the channel never goes underappreciated. Uh, let's crack on with today's stories. First of all, of course, kicking off with Arsenal's win in the Emirates Cup against Monaco on penalties. Um, overall, the game was, I think, one that started off with disappointment, and we'll talk about the injury in a second. Um, but without, you know, Gabby Jesus there, it, it did bring with it some kind of uh, concern and worry. And I think there was a little bit of a muted feel to the atmosphere uh, at some points throughout the game. The performance didn't necessarily match that either. Monaco's goal coming from uh, kind of a, a corner initially that wasn't really defended very well. And then the follow-up wasn't very well defended either by Gabriel Martinelli, Yusuf Fafana, who, to be honest, I thought was probably the best player on the pitch. I thought Yusuf Fafana was absolutely fantastic. If there's a central midfielder that I want Arsenal to buy and you're going to go off one performance, but I know that he is obviously um, a very, very good um, player anyway and has been linked with Arsenal before today. But Yusuf Fafana, based on that performance, is you know a very exciting midfielder to watch. Mid-20s, 24 years of age, to be fair, but I thought he was probably the standout performer on the day. Uh, Arsenal replying with an Eddie Nketiah goal, which we'll talk about again, but overall... It was a performance which, uh, yeah, I think it certainly highlights the level of development that still needs to be shown. I think that we'll see the team that we are expecting to play more so uh, in the Premier League play on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of everything come together a lot more 
naturally. Um, Gabriel Jesus' injury, though, you know, that was very much the focus of the day. Arteta saying that he has undergone a, a small procedure. It's not major, um, the, the injury, but he will be out for a few Weak, sadly, and it seems that that tackle from Araujo that we saw uh, in the game against Barcelona has maybe had a bit of an impact. We don't know the, the specific details of when this problem officially happened, but what we do know um, is that Gabriel Jesus is going to be missing for the first few weeks of the season, probably back in you know October, September, October time. Um, we can only hope that that's when he returns. But uh, really gutting news uh, right before the start of the season. Does that mean that we're going to be bringing in a striker? Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. But uh, with Balogun's plan not changing, Arteta says Balogun's plan has not changed. He didn't say what that plan was when he was asked about it. We don't know if that's to sell him, to move him on to try and give him an opportunity. We don't know. He's suffering with a small injury. I was told it was a, 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 car, a thigh injury, uh, but Arteta said that it's a foot injury. It seems that there's some kind of lack of consistency in, in, in what's being said about the injury. So take that with what you will, um, whether there's more going on with this than meets the eye, it seems. But uh, certainly Gabriel Jesus being missing is going to be a big, big blow. But in his stead, Eddie Nketiah did step up and uh, scored what was a really well-taken goal. Uh, a very Gabriel Jesus-esque goal popping up at the back post. He did that a lot at the start of last season and in pre-season. Jesus was at the back post, finishing off chances with his head, with his feet. And Nketiah fantastically finishing uh, that corner, really controlled effort of his right foot, volleying in past Kuhn in the um, in the Monaco net. And I think that, you know, overall his performance was strong, especially in the first half. I think that physically he looked really good, holding players off, spinning in behind. There was a good touch and turn in the first half in which he released Fabio Vieira down the right-hand side. Um, really did impress, actually. I thought first half it was a strong eight, perhaps nine out of ten performance from him. Certainly dipped in the second half, wasn't as impactful um, as as what we've come to see uh, from that first half performance, but uh, still was very impressed um, with Eddie Nketiah throughout the game, and uh, I really enjoyed seeing that. There was one moment where Rice crossed from the left-hand side. I felt like he should have gambled perhaps a bit more. Um, there was a header he had that went over the bar as well. It was a very difficult header because Fabio Vieira, I don't know why he's heading it back across. Vieira should be going for that header himself, in my view, um, from the angle that I was sitting in the stadium. Um, but ultimately, if you give him chances in that position, you know, in that style, you can bank on him to score. So really, really positive performance. And uh, I look forward to showing you some of the words from the forward a little bit later on today over on football.london. Urian uh, Timber, once again, really, really impressed. I love this guy. I think that he is going to be a real asset to this side moving forwards. The way in which he switched sides with Tommy Asu, played left back, played right back, uh, brought the ball through into the midfield, pushed the ball through the middle, progressed the ball really fantastically well. Uh, combined, I thought, with Smith-Rowe at times, uh, who also had a very good game as well. Smith-Rowe, I thought, was quite good. Um, I really enjoyed um, what I saw from Yuri and Timber and think that if Zinchenko is out, that we don't have that much to worry about, to be honest. Uh, I think that with Yuri and Timber, he's a player that 
can play clearly on either flank and can even play at centre-back if we want him to. And he adds, actually, I think, more defensive steel than what you get from Zinchenko too. So if you do play him at left-back in that inverted role, you're going to get greater defensive security from him than you get from Zinchenko. Still going to take him more time to become the best version of himself in this Arsenal team but I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Declan Rice played in the left eight position um, with Thomas Partey starting in the in the sixth role. Um, I've seen some mixed comments around Rice's performance in the stadium watching him. I felt that he was good. You know, I, I really liked how he was combining with Martinelli in the first half in particular. He made a really good tackle in the first 10 seconds of the game on the left-hand side. Uh, really good combinations, as I say, with Martinelli um, and with Smith-Rowe. Getting in behind on that left-hand side, played a couple of really really good crosses that someone really should have got on the end of. He absolutely deserved it and nearly scored as well, bursting into the box, threw on goal and a brilliant, brilliant tackle came in. I'm not sure who it was that managed to get the tackle. It might have been Matt Seema, um, but uh, it was a fantastic finish, um, attempt and a fantastic kind of showing of what he's capable of doing. And he's only going to get better. You know, he's gradually learning. Um, he's gradually learning a team. He's learning... Um, what he's been able to do in this Arsenal side. He's learning where his teammates are and he played a position that he hasn't actually played um, as well because he's not played that left eight, really. He's played as the deepest defensive midfielder for England and for West Ham. So now we're going to start seeing what he's uh, ultimately doing. But agreeing with with Prog here, he absolutely could have had an assist and a goal in yesterday's game quite easily had that tackle not been so excellent and had anyone got on the end of one of those crosses that he was able to put into the box. So, yeah, very impressed with Declan Rice yesterday. Aaron Ramsdale finally saved a penalty, uh, which was a fantastic sight. So there was the ongoing kind of joke around... Uh, yeah, how the fact that he'd <laughs> not saved a single penalty for Arsenal and was diving in all the wrong directions. But with all the links to David Raya at the moment, it was important that Ramster had a good performance. He made a good save in the second half. Uh, yes, he was beaten, but to be honest, I look way more at the defence uh, when it comes to that Yusuf Fafana goal, how Fafana was able to get so free in that area of the box, how we weren't stopping the cross, all down to the defensive side of things. But with the penalty shootout, he stood up. To Takumi Minamino, you always say to goalkeepers, look, just stay in the middle. Because so many times do we see players shoot their shot down the middle of the goal because they know the goalkeeper's going to dive. Hopefully, goalkeepers become a bit more savvy. He doesn't need to improve to let his penalties. We know that. But it was important um, that, that he saved that penalty for his confidence, especially with the situation um, that he finds himself in at the moment. But yeah, really happy for Ramsdale uh, to be considered a bit of a hero of the game in the end. Uh, and overall, a decent performance from him. Uh, and lastly, before we go to part two and, and take some questions and talk about some more focuses that you would like to discuss, uh, Arsene Wenger obviously attended the game uh, to commemorate the statue that has been placed outside the stadium in his memory. And if you're on social media yesterday, you'd have seen my tweet. Uh, I ticked certainly a moment of a bucket list for myself. Uh, waiting in the mix zone after the game for the players. Uh, if you've ever been in, if you've ever done like the stadium tour um, or you've been in that level of the stadium, you'll know that the tunnel that leads out to the pitch at the start of that tunnel, when you're in the Arsenal stadium itself, there are uh, two elevator doors which kind of go up to the director's box and to the, uh, to the Diamond Club. And as we're waiting in the uh, mix zone, you just hear this ding as the uh, the elevator opens and out steps Arsene Wenger and uh, spots myself and a couple of other journalists as with uh, Mark Man Bryans and James Benj uh, waiting uh, for the players to come out and 
Vinger comes straight over, shakes everyone's hands, says hello, uh, have a little bit of a joke and a quip, uh, asked him about what he thought of the game and stuff. And he said he was surprised by Monaco, which obviously there's a, a really ironic uh, story to that, considering how surprised we were by Monaco in the Champions League when we were famously eliminated um, from the competition by Yannick Carrasco and Kondogbia and players like that. Um and uh, he made a good quip about his statue as well, which was was nice. But yeah, it was great to to meet him, shake shake his hand, have a chat with him. I was a little bit starstruck. I once, you know, when you've been in and around the club for a while, and you've obviously been speaking to the players week in week out for games and stuff, you become less starstruck. But that really was first time I've ever met Arsene Wenger in the flesh and and spoken with him was a real moment of. Oh my god! It's <laughs> like something. It was a proper fanboy uh, moment for me. So certainly something that I will hold very dear to me for the rest of my days, indeed. And uh, yeah, maybe it'd be tough to, to beat that moment this season, but we'll have to wait and see. If anything can beat that moment, it's going to be blooming good. So I look forward to it. Right, let's go to part two for the next fifteen minutes and your questions right after this. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's uh, let's tackle some of your questions then in the chat box. Um, Zomato says, uh, our set-piece defending is a worry for me. Yeah, I mean, th- last season, we had a bit of an issue with set-pieces as well. And, and sadly, it seems that that hasn't completely stopped itself. We did face a lot of corners that we did deal with, but obviously we focus on um, specifically the the part of the... We specifically focus on the ones that don't and aren't defended well that led to the goal. We did defend quite a few really well, but when it mattered, Martinelli didn't stop the second cross. We didn't clear away the first ball well enough and we wouldn't we weren't getting out quickly enough either. So it's it's certainly a focus. Um Nicolas Jova, the set piece specialist, has got plenty of work still to do. But as we change um as we change personnel, as we keep tweaking the lineups. Players have got to get used to playing with different types of players as well. So that's going to be really important to do. Um, Patrick says, do you think Havertz and Trossard can interchange between the left eight and the nine maybe against City? Potentially. People ask me who would I start against City in the nine role. I'm almost certain it is going to be Eddie Nketiah that starts on Sunday. There is part of me, though, that would like to see Trossard start there. I think Trossard has had an amazing preseason. has looked probably the best out of any player in preseason. And so I think deserves a start. Um, we'll have to wait and see, though, if indeed that is the case. But I think it should be Saka, Trossard, Martinelli, uh, and then Odegaard, Rice, and and Partey as kind of the midfield three. Havertz would be on the bench initially for this game. I'd bring him in for the game against Nottingham Forest. I thought Havertz looked decent, by the way. Really good defensively, actually. He got back and defended and won the ball quite well. It was a really good pass out to the right-hand side. Good touch. Um, obviously, you want to see him get into the box a bit more, but I was impressed with uh, with Havertz's cameo that we saw yesterday. Um, Dave says, is the reason why City let Zinchenko and Jesus go last season is concerns over their injury records? I, I think they let them go ultimately because they felt they they had enough cover and they had obviously Hurling Haaland coming in 
Uh, he, there were plans to obviously use Nathan Ake in that left-back role, but also that he wanted to move on from Man City as well, and Arsenal were presenting them with an amount of money they were willing to, to accept. But to be honest, uh, they are the injury records are becoming a little bit more, you know, concerning. Jesus has not necessarily suffered with too many injury issues in the last like three or so four years. I mean, that injury he had in I think it was 2017. He's never really had a significant uh, issue since that point until we saw the World Cup problem happen. And this injury that he suffered again just seems to be connected to that one specifically and hopefully with the decision to take the surgery it means that we can repair this issue as soon as feasible possible and have him back strong and ready um in a few weeks time um back lasagna says i met arsene wenger once as well when he visited our hospital i was absolutely starstruck too but he's a lovely man he is lovely he's yeah classy very classy indeed uh, Mayer says Fabio Vieira's decision making is bad. Uh, it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing when he gets the ball at his feet. I was really disappointed with Fabio Vieira. I, I did the winners and losers piece uh, for FL, and uh, at the top of my losers list was Fabio Vieira, who I thought was really disappointing. His decision making, you're right. Like when he gets into those crucial positions, he just can't seem to make the right choice. Um, there was a moment where he was played in by Martin Odegaard when we looked like clear. And the first time right-footed low ball straight into a defender when he could have taken the ball, cut back, maybe put the ball into box or, you know, tried to take the player on. He didn't really try and take anyone on. Like, the difference between him and Saka was so stark because when Saka gets the ball, he'll take a player on, he'll spin, he'll run into the box, it will drive at the opposition. Whenever we played the ball out to Vieira... He'd take the ball, he'd stop, he'd cut back, try and cross, try and play it back safely. There was just no danger or risk about his play. And that was really disappointing. He did have a good effort with uh, on a volley, saved by Kun, um, pushed it over the bar. But uh, beyond that, I was really disappointed. Um, really disappointed. Chris, the, stat the statue looks very nice. Um, Wenger didn't see it until after the game. He went to go and see it afterwards. But... Uh, yeah, the statue looks looks really, really good. It's probably one of the best, might even be the best one, which makes sense because it's the newest one, but it looks very, very good indeed. Uh, George says, are you concerned about our openness in midfields? There's always going to be a level of concern, but whilst we're trying to adapt and change and evolve the midfield, it's not going to be perfect right from the off. We have to have an expectation of gradual, you know, acclimatization to what we're trying to do. So whilst there is certainly some concerns to be had at the moment, I'm keeping very much an open mind about the openness of the midfield whilst it still tries to gel together. Um, Young Skin says, uh, Tom, striker issues need to be solved. They do. You know, if we can bring somebody in, and we, I, I think we need to bring in a forward that can play in a wide right and a centre-forward role as well to give us depth in both positions. Mohamed Kudus, we need to try and move more seriously for him. I'm hoping that we do that. That would be great if we can see that happen. But uh, at the moment, we're still kind of waiting to see if Arsenal will move. It seems that moving players out remains the focus and that bringing David Rea in is a priority as well. But with Jesus' injury, I'm hoping that we see, you know, um, some more proactive moves for a, a forward player 
as well. Um, let's go to answers. Tom, you didn't talk about Vieira. Oh, I just did. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jake says, to see Rice learn that similar uh, level of Xhaka as quick as he has is so good to see. As he gets better and more confident, we'll also see a better Martinelli and our left side will be so good. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, Jake, because Xhaka uh, it was actually a fresh... I didn't manage to catch Declan Rice in the mix zone. He was on the phone as he, he as he walked through. It was genuinely on the phone. It wasn't like, a, if I pretend I'm on the phone, I won't need to speak to I've heard he's going to be very good for the media this season. So I'm looking forward to being able to speak to Declan at some point this season. But um, I thought what I would have asked him is about taking on that mantle from Xhaka and playing that position and, and, and recognising not just on the field, but off the field, the, the responsibility that brings. And I think that what he showed was that he can acclimatise to that very quickly. He was bursting into the box, whether it was for a chance to score, whether it's to cross into the box, were two really good high-quality crosses as well. His linking partnership with Martinelli looked really good also. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What's interesting to see how a right-foot player develops after having a left-footed player there. That's what I'm very intrigued by, but... I am confident that Rice will continue to develop and improve the longer he's with us. Uh, Dave says, if the idea is to have clones of players who can fit in when others are injured, i.e. striker, why is Eddie Nketiah persisted with when he is so different? I don't think that necessarily is the case, Dave. You know, if you look at all the players on the field, we don't really have that. You know, Trossard and Martinelli are very, very different. Ben White and Timber are different. Tierney and Zinchenko are different. Gabriel and Kivior are different. Saliba and whoever plays right-sided right-back, be it Ben White, be it uh, right-sided centre-back, sorry, be it Ben White, be it Holding, be it Tomiyasu, Timber, they are different. You know, Partey and Jorginho are different. Erdegaard and Vieira are different. Smith-Rowe and Havertz are different. We don't have clones of players in those same positions. We, we You can't. It's near impossible to have clones of exactly what the same type. You can have similarities between players, but the expectation that you swap one out and put one in that's the exact same, it's not going to happen. There are similarities between Jesus and Nketiah, but ultimately Jesus is more of the type to be more collaborative um, and drop in. Nketiah was doing that, to be fair to him. He was dropping in, linking up the play at times, but you know he's much more of your six-yard box traditional number nine than Jesus is. But if we get balls into those areas, I would be confident in giving Nketiah the confidence to to score. So let's see. But I do think there's just too many differences um, in the players to expect clones, if you like, of one another. Um, Colin Moani would be a good addition. It would be Zamato, but I just don't see Arsenal spending the money that it would take to get him. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see Arsenal spending the money that it would take to do it. Um, Esmond says Ramsdale's biggest mistakes are his positioning, decision-making, hesitation at the time, and he slows the game in other times as well. Um, hesitation is an interesting one. I think that his reaction times are actually really good, um, not from penalties, but certainly in-game. Positioning, again, he's made some really, really good saves in world-class performances with his positioning being spot-on. It's about consistency. I think that's the word that we need to be using. I think it's consistency is we need to see more. But he's a young goalkeeper still. People underestimate the fact that he's still, what, 25 years of age, which is still very young for a goalkeeper. And I think that that is maybe one of the reasons why we're bringing in David Raya to bring a bit more competition experience and things like that. I can't wait to see uh, competition in that position if that is indeed going to be the case for the forthcoming season. Um, Fuad says, Tom, 
Tom, surely this is the window we try and get a proper competition at right wing for Saka. I feel like it's been voided for some time now and uh, it took for granted Saka staying fit. The problem is, Fouad, is that whilst it sounds easy to say that let's bring in competition at right wing, it's about bringing in the right player and it's to bring in competition for Saka is not an easy objective. I look at Kudus as potentially someone that can bring you know, strong strength in depth, but he's still not the level of Bakaya Saka. Don't get me wrong. Like, Kudus isn't going to give you what Bakaya Saka gives you, not a chance. He'll give you, to a certain level, the degree of technical ability, the dribbling ability, the scoring ability to some level, but he's not going to be able to bring you, you know, ultimately what Saka is to a T, but he's going to bring you some of that. So bringing in competition for a player like Saka is really hard. Uh, Julian says, Tom, does Raya's height concern you? Well, he's six foot and he's got the most claims from crosses in the Premier League last season. So no, his height certainly does not concern me at all. Uh, Valeria says, hey, Tom and the community, am I the only one concerned that Mikel Arteta has chosen to play the first 11 the whole of preseason for momentum? Uh, has not chosen to do that, uh, that flows into the season like he did last year. I'm not quite as excited. I think that he couldn't necessarily even do that if he wanted to. That's the thing. When you've got a team that's got so much depth now, as it does, you need to give them minutes. You need to change things up. You need to try out different things. So when we see the team starting to play, when we think about it, the team that played last season is going to be pretty much the team that we see play this season. You might see Timber come in for Zinchenko. You might see Rice come in for Xhaka, or we might see Havertz come in for Xhaka. And we might see... Well, that's that's kind of kind of it. You know, those three new signings, they might be coming in. Um, but other than that, it's going to be a very similar team to what we saw. So I think they've played plenty together. And this preseason was more about trying different things, integrating the new signings as best we could, giving minutes to players that don't typically get them. And that's what happens when you've got players that have competition in more positions, is you need to give them time in preseason. Last preseason, we were really trying out a whole new system, new team, giving them the time to gel and, and get momentum going into the season. Now we've had a whole season where the teams learned where one another is. Now we're trying to integrate those new signings and give opportunities to other players that haven't had as many minutes. So I'm not concerned about that right now. No. Uh, last couple of questions uh, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh <laughs> Kingsley says, Tom, have you ever heard yourself at 1.75 times speed? I'm usually underground when this show starts, so I have to play at that speed to catch up. You should try it. I mean, I feel like I talk at 1.75 times speed anyway, so surely it must feel like 3.5 times speed. It must be ridiculous. Um, Let's go to a couple more uh, before we wrap up. Let's try and be quick. Uh, Cody says, Tom, do you think Trossard gets the starting centre-forward spot uh, while Jesus is out? I think Nketiah will get it, but for me, I would be starting Trossard. I think he's more similar to what Jesus brings you. Uh, Meles says, can we afford three new players learning new roles actively in the first team and still be in the title race? Can Timber just play on the right? He's he's okay, but not fully comfortable on the left. I think he's been great on the left. I think to say he's been okay undersells how good he's been. And yes, I think we can afford to bring three new players in because we kind of have to. We have to be able to do that. And that's what big teams will do. And we won't be the only teams bringing in at least two or three players either. Uh, I know Man City have only really brought Kovacic, but they're bringing in Gvardio, uh, Gvardio and Kovacic coming in. So let's wait and see. Uh, Andrew says, Tom, would you prefer the team struggles at the beginning, the middle or the end of the season while it's still coming together? The beginning, obviously, because I think if that means you can build up gradually, then you can have a strong end to the season as well. Um, 
And I'm not going to play Rob Holding at number nine, Yomi. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And Dan says, Tom, I've seen stories linking us with Kavach Skelia. Uh, doesn't seem to be true, but is it the ideal target for us? No, it's not really the ideal target for us at all, to be honest. Uh, he's more of a left forward. So, no, I don't, I don't think that it's the right target for us at all. Um, I would rather bring in, um, you know, a player that's going to give us more as a centre forward, as a right winger. I know that. Kvachkele could play there, but to be honest, I still look at him more as a wide forward than I do a centre forward. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap the show up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. I hope you have a fantastic day uh, and survive Thursday. And we're nearly at the end of the week. You've nearly made it to Friday. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I hope you are staying safe and staying well. And uh, this evening, we'll be bringing you a preview show of the uh, Community Shield. So make sure that you're around at six o'clock tonight for that preview of what is uh, a trophy game. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to Wembley on Sunday and watching things from uh, the home of football, as it's called. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. And uh, also, if you haven't already, uh, you still can get your tickets for our live event. Link is in the description, or you can scan that QR code that's on the screen. Join myself, Harry Simeu, FK, Mike Feinberg, and Bailey Keogh at the May Club in Newington Green on the 13th of August. That's the day after the Nottingham Forest game. Uh, 5 p.m. doors open. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll have a fantastic day. See you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered. Bye, fans.